welcome back to the Grindhouse Girls podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Katie. My co-host is Brittany, and this is a podcast about many strange and spooky movies. We cover a lot of independent movies and a lot of horror movies, and we do want to caution before starting the podcast that listener discretion is advised, and a lot of subject matter we cover is not appropriate for children and can be quite sensitive. So if that sounds like something that's up your alley, keep on listening. If not, thanks for stopping by and on to the podcast. Hi, I'm Katie. And hi, I'm Brittany. And this is the Grindhouse Girls podcast. 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 (laughs) I don't know. I'm trying to figure out a way where we can both say that, but it's three words. So we actually, we were waiting because it was invisible. It was invisible. We couldn't see it. I don't know. I was going to like be like, it's spooky. We're invisible. Like, you can't see us because it's a podcast. Yes. yes. Uh, this week, we're doing an actual horror movie, uh, which I'm excited about. Not that I haven't. We, we haven't done like a horror movie in a little bit, I feel yeah. like. We did a lot of strange movies. And we did a viewer request, which was wonderful and i'm glad we saw it and talked about it um which is portrait of a lady on fire and then we did the paper boy but we were like not doing horror movies for a while so <laughs> sorry if that's what you listen to this podcast for but yes. you did say spooky scary and strange movies so i know they're like they click on this episode and like oh it's about time these bitches and they're scared i know <laughs> and we're also several months too late but uh it is on amazon prime the Invisible Man. I hope it gets on like HBO or something soon. But I think with the fact that the uh, coronavirus pandemic has not left the United States for many reasons, wear a mask, people. Please, dear God, wear a mask. Uh, I think maybe they're postponing when things go on like HBO and stuff because like for free because I think they're still trying to get some money since it had to leave theaters. Yeah. Um, Cause did you get to see this in theaters? I didn't. So I yeah. I remember I I remember it's kind of like that Mr. Krabs meme and SpongeBob where like the world is spending because this movie was literally released at the end of February and then at the end of March they're like, hey, this is on VOD. Like and it yeah. was just like, what the hell is happening? And that's yeah. where this was like one of those first movies really greatly affected by COVID. It's true, but I also think. Uh, people being quarantined helped this movie become more popular because I feel like a lot of people watched it on VOD. Like, although I, so today, like, I usually tell people at work, like, oh, we're reviewing this movie. I always watch this movie, especially if I like it. I'm like, oh, it's really good. You guys should watch it before the podcast comes out. And um, a lot of people were like, I heard really good things and really bad things about The Invisible Man. In case we didn't say it, by the way, we're doing The Invisible Man remake. That yes. just got released this year in 2020. Um, I think we did, but maybe we didn't. Um, but I haven't heard anyone say anything bad about this movie, like at all. So I don't I, know. I did. Um, I did have. I did talk to a friend or two, and I thought this was interesting. So minor spoilers, but if you've seen the trailer, you know this that there. Um, at the kind of hardest story is a woman in an abusive relationship. And I had a few friends that were like, I saw the trailer and I had no desire to see the movie because of the trailer. Because, you know, it just seemed like triggering um, to them. Yeah. So, 
I mean, that wasn't that wasn't a conversation I had repetitively, but it was something that was brought to my attention at least by two different people. So, I will say the gaslighting of this main character is extremely realistic in this movie, which is yeah. why I like it. It's like there's there's nothing magic, there's no curse, there's no like creepiness like it's not like the mummy where there's like an ancient egyptian curse and crazy magic crap it's just realistic horror and it's like it's there are fanciful elements but they're done they're explained enough but not over explained where you can be like oh i could see this happening um this could happen like and and people have done this to people without the use of invisibility, which we won't spoil the invisibility part. But, like, people have done shit like this to people before. Like, gaslighting is a thing. And people are... T- I mean, maybe it's because I watch too much true crime. I think, Brittany, you do too. Like, maybe we watch too much true crime. Yeah. But, like, I'm like, oh, this sounds like something I've listened to on, like, Crime Junkies. Like, yeah. Everyone knew that the boyfriend was the murderer. Yeah. And a lot of times, you know, it's really, really sad because we have, like, these stories where it's just like, oh, he seemed like the perfect man. Like, he was beautiful. He was handsome, smart, uh, funny, kind. And then you just find out that they, they treat these women or any kind of partner just so horribly. Um, so, yeah, you definitely have, like, these perceptions of these people. And then it's like the person in the relationship is like, no, this is a monster. And right. I didn't even realize it for a really long time. Well, and people, like, you never know the inside of a relationship unless you're actually in the relationship, Um, which you can see things. And, like, I've had friends who have had abusive relationships, and I've also had friends who have lied about having abusive relationships for attention. So, like, it's hard to tell. But, I mean, personally, I think if you suspect an abusive relationship you should be there for the person who's being abused even if they try to push you away you should still be like hey i'm still here for you i'm here whenever you're ready to go to the police because sometimes like it's really hard to pull yourself away look at the r kelly situation where like a lot of those women escaped and then came back because they've been brainwashed yeah really sad like one girl like in the documentary her mom came and got her and then she was back with him like by the time the documentary aired it was so sad it's um, really, um, it hit me, so this it happens very early in the film, but there's a mention, like, you know, I looked the way he wanted me to look, I dressed the way he wanted me to dress, and I um, I knew a woman that um, her husband wouldn't let her leave the house with makeup on, because he was like, well, who are you wearing makeup for? Um, and there's... <laughs> there's Myself, there's, bitch! Yeah, exactly, which is how I feel, too. Like, I, I usually wear makeup... Um, Either A, because it's a confidence boost for me, or B, I do it for other women to tell me that my makeup looks cute. So that's usually... <laughs> well, I we're just like people. looking presentable. Like, I definitely do more makeup when we're recording than I do in my everyday life. Just because, like, I know how I look in real life, and you don't look the way you look in real life on camera. And so I do, like, more, like, contouring, just because I'm like, I don't want to look at myself while I'm editing and see 20 chins that don't really exist but look like they exist because I didn't contour my face for film but like you know I like I like doing makeup there's a reason I have a make like one I have two makeup subscription boxes yeah and a month and a and a 
quarterly subscription box because I like makeup. It's fun and I love skincare. Like people just like makeup. But yeah, you shouldn't, I don't know. That's a definitely a warning sign. And I guess we should put a trigger warning if abusive relationships, gaslighting, all that kind of stuff triggers you, probably don't watch this movie and maybe don't listen to this episode. I I don't not being someone who's been in an actual abusive relationship, I can't tell you if this would trigger somebody. I've had, uh, I've just got, well, I was just, uh, I just broke up with someone after a very long time. And I don't think they aren't a bad person, but like there's stuff in this that triggered some like relationship stuff for me, but not, I mean, again, I've never been in an abusive relationship, so I can't really say this will be triggering, but I know like sometimes things can be triggering that you don't think are going to be triggering. Like you think yeah. you can, like, it's not going to trigger anything for you. Like, again, I'm not in an abusive relationship, but I, some things were like, Oh, this is reminding me of this time I'm going through in my life. That's not super great. So like, you know, just maybe, maybe, maybe tread cautiously. Cause this movie does not cut away from like things that actually happen in real life that are kind of awful. Yeah. Um, so just be careful watching this movie because I think that's the only thing I ever read was a couple people said it kind of triggered some PTSD for them. Um, but that wasn't really against the movie so much as it's just like I would have given this movie more of a chance if I didn't have PTSD from this relationship and therefore it kind of ruined the movie for me. Like that's different, you know, than it being bad. But I haven't heard anyone say that they didn't like the movie. Yeah. So. I haven't heard that either. Like, I haven't, um, I don't know a whole lot of people that watched the movie, but the me- people I have talked to that watched the movie really enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. I wonder if it's people who, like, thought it was going to be, like, a horror movie. Like, a horror, horror movie. Because it is, but it, it's much more, I don't want to say intellectual, but it's it, it's a little more psychological than, yeah. like, straight-up slasher film. So, and, so... This one thing I wanted to talk about before we get into like the synopsis and stuff is the universal dark monster, dark universe that this movie is kind of bringing back, maybe for the best. But I think, Brittany, you probably know about this because you pay attention to Hollywood news. Um, I will say, by the way, any sources quoted have all been from IMDb. wikipedia and the episode of red letter media half in the bag where they discuss the mummy the remake that i'm gonna reference soon and they also reviewed the invisible man which is why i thought i went to see it because uh i trust well i don't always agree with their movie reviews but i was i didn't know what the invisible man was about i was like oh my god i don't want to see a stupid monster movie and then i was like oh this is interesting i like this viewpoint of like a battered woman like thinking that her ex is stalking her but is he invisible oh my god like that that is the scary thought so i was like oh okay i'm gonna watch this so i just want to i feel like i haven't been very good about citing sources so i want to get that out of the way early but um i found out about the universal dark universe which is very (laughs) it's very uh repetitive (laughs) uh but if you didn't know there was this thing it started in the 30s and I think it went through about the 50s where Universal Pictures did a lot of monster movies and one was The Invisible Man based on the H.G. Wells novel 
Um, one was Frankenstein's monster. Of course, we've all seen that one. I actually really like Frankenstein's monster. I think, well, that's not what the movie's called, but you know, the monster isn't Frankenstein. It's a scientist. Um, then there was Dracula, which I remember seeing the original Dracula when I was a kid. Like it was one of the first horror movies my parents let me watch. And I was pretty young and it wasn't Dracula that scared me. It was the guy, is it Harker? Yeah. Harker who... Whoever the minion is that travels on the boat with Dracula, like there was something about the insanity in the space that really creeped me out. So it wasn't the monster, it was the people that the monster was controlling that scared me. And then the Wolfman, too, which I know like uh, a friend of mine was obsessed with the Wolfman. Oh. I used to watch a bunch with my ex boyfriend. He loved the, the monster movies. And was the Creature of the Black Lagoon one, too? <gasps> yes, I love Creature of the Black Lagoon. I used to watch it with my dad when I was little. And like, the mummy oh and the mummy i forgot about the mummy the mummy as well um and boris karloff and um oh who's the other person mm. anyways crazy bella lugosi oh my god thank god bella lugosi who played dracula oh and the phantom of the opera that's also a oh. universal monster kind of thing i think i think i think i could be wrong about that Ooh. but anyways so in the 30s to the 50s, including crossovers, they did a lot of monster movies. And some of them are kind of stupid, but a lot of them had, like, human um, elements to them. Hum- humanitarian, almost, like, plot lines. Like, the Invisible Man was, like, a guy who makes himself invisible, but they portray him really sympathetically. And um, the, the Wolf Man is really sad because, like, he can't stop from like killing people it's awful and there's like and there's a bunch of like there's humanitarian stuff like especially um frankenstein like the scene with the little girl and like playing god and creating somebody and being responsible for them and there's a lot of sympathy towards frankenstein's monster at least i have sympathy towards him because i get that he's not a bad person he didn't mean to throw that girl in the lake that's probably like the saddest scene ever i always think of um do you remember when we were kids and they sold like classic literature but it was like illustrated edition so like like 10 pages or be an illustration um and i remember the frankenstein story i remember being so sad for frankenstein even as a kid because the monster because he, like, goes, like, Frankenstein's monster goes to Frankenstein, and he's like, Dad? And Frankenstein is like, what the fuck? And runs away. And oh. then he only befriends a blind man. The blind man isn't scared of him, but the blind man's children come home and chase him out of the house. I and know. It's so sad. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, so Frankenstein, I think, is the one that's the most, has the most human elements in it. Yeah. Um, but, like, so they were good movies for the time. And, yeah, some of the special effects don't hold up that well but honestly like i can still watch them and be like oh that was really cool so a few years ago they did a remake of the wolfman which i have not seen yet but i've heard from many people is actually very good starring benicio del toro Mm -hmm. and i've heard it's very good um but it didn't get a whole lot of press and then Marvel started coming out with their cinematic universe and dc started coming out their cinematic universe and universal was like huh what do we what do we have that we can make? Oh, we have all these monster movies. Let's do that. Also, I think I'm accidentally quoting a Ralph the Movie Maker video because he said this when he did his mummy review. But basically, yeah, they're just like, let's pull these old movies out of the archive and just remake some. And 
they started with, I mean, it was a good idea because, like, they hadn't been done in a really long time. And I think you could bring a lot to these movies. Um, But they did stuff like The Mummy. And originally they were going to have The Mummy, which I love the Brendan Fraser version of The Mummy. I think, Brittany, I don't know, do you have an affinity towards it? Because I was obsessed with it as a child. I liked it. I wasn't obsessed, but of course, like, it's one of those movies that, like, it definitely made an impact on a lot of people our age. I feel like that scene is. Yeah. There's something very charming about Brendan Fraser, and he's he's younger when he filmed those movies, and it makes sense that a younger person would go on an Egyptian adventure and risk their life for a pretty girl and her obsession with Egyptology. That makes sense. What doesn't make sense is old Tom Cruise, I'm sorry, you're almost 60 Tom Cruise. Get it through your head. It's not time to be an action star anymore. But I will say in the right movie, he's tolerable. Anyways, so Tom Cruise has not been in a whole lot of things I like. They cast him as the male lead whose love interest is a good 25 years younger than him in the remake of The Mummy. And it was awful. I don't know. Did you see it, Brittany? I did not. Don't. It's really bad. I mean, I waited until it was free to me to watch, but it was bad. It's really bad. And that and a remake of Dracula called Dracula Untold, which I didn't even know had come out until after it flopped, they both flopped. They were terrible. The best part about the Mummy remake, though, was because they accidentally released a teaser trailer without all of the audio. So it's just these, like edited in screams that sound really funny and are off because they didn't add the actual sound. It was just like the like stand-in sound. <laughs> and it's really funny. And because they put it on YouTube, people downloaded it. And even though they took it down, uh, it still exists. It's great. I love it. Um, please go watch that if you can find it. The unedited trailer for the Mummy remake. It's pretty great. So it bombed. It had 34 on Metascore, which is really bad. And that's an aggregator, so that's bad. Um, And so they kind of just shut down the universal dark universe. Um, But Blumhouse, who I sometimes like Blumhouse movies because they've done a couple good ones. Yeah. But generally, I find them to be, like, lowest common denominator horror movies, and they do really crappy ones, too. Like They they don't really have a filter, and their whole thing is low budget, but high profit. Like, they do low budget movies, they do a lot of them, they have a great business structure, and they make a lot of money. Um, And that's why they keep doing them is because people love them. And I think like Paranormal Activity was one of those movies where like the first one, I get why people thought it was scary. But like as they've gone on, they've just become a giant joke. Um, They're not really scary anymore. Um, But Blumhouse Pictures decided to take a script by Lee Wannell or Wannell. Uh-huh. I've been saying saying Wannell. I don't know if that's correct. Yeah. He, I think, is Australian, I want to say. So, I don't know. I'm not going to try an Australian accent. So, uh, we didn't do it for The Nightingale, and I'm not going to do it for this movie. Sorry. Um, <laughs> uh, so, Blumhouse Pictures decided to kind of... I mean, they weren't trying to do this as part of the Dark Universe. This movie just had a really good script. And Lee Wanell, if you don't know who he is, he's the bathtub guy from the original Saw movie. 
And I think Brittany and I both know how important Saw was to horror movies in the early 2000s. Everyone talked about Saw. Yeah. Like, I remember being in high school, not allowed to watch Saw, but everyone at my Catholic school was, like, talking before class, like, oh, my God. And then the twist is that the guys... Oh, this is a... Sorry, this is a spoiler for Saw. Spoiler. Like, if not longer, it's an old-ass movie. Yeah. Um... The guy was there the whole time. Oh, my God. And then he's just game over. And everyone's like, ah! It's yeah, a twist! It I mean, that's one of those movies I remember watching with my parents. Like, they rented it. And me and my brother were watching it with our mom and dad. And we were all like, what the hell? Like, it was it, like a big thing at the time. It actually held up. Because I waited to watch it until I was, like, an adult. And I remember watching it the first time. I was like, this, I like this. The writing is clever. Yeah. Right? And... It was built from they didn't have a big budget, and they were just like, we have a room and two actors, and how are we going to make this interesting? And they did it. And um, also it stars uh, Carrie Elwes, who plays uh, Robin Hood in Robin Hood Men in Tights, who uh, I had the hots for when I was a kid because I didn't realize how much older he was than me. But I was like, I want to marry Robin Hood. He's hot and he sings. And, yeah, it's great. I don't know if that was his real singing voice in Robin Hood Men in Tights, but I loved the visual gag of them watching him sing to Maid Mary, and it was pretty funny. Um, also, he plays the annoying stepdad in Liar Liar. and Or stepdad-to-be, because he doesn't actually become a stepdad, but when he tries to do the claw and he sucks at it, it just always like makes me like, it's the claw! And he's like, oh, no. Oh, no, 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 no. Anyway, he's, he's had some great roles. But uh, Lee Wanell was one of the right. He wrote Saw. He wrote yeah. the first three Saw movies. The only ones that like are like they're they're actually related, but they're kind of stupid. Like I remember seeing Saw two and thinking, okay, it's it's a little stupider than Saw one, but it's like entertaining. But at least they kind of are coherent between the stories. Once you get like four, five, and six, they're so stupid that ah oh, Saw. It's a jigsaw. Brett has the has the jigsaw dude um, as a pop figure. Uh, So the Saw series is my husband's uh, favorite horror series, which I kind of judge him just a little bit on. Um, It's fun. I'm not a very big fan of the gore porn, um, but the first one is a classic. uh, So yeah, and I will say like the first three kind of like are coherent. Then you get to like four, five, six, and whatever jigsaw was seven. Yeah. Eight? I don't know. Um, Adam from YourMovieSucks.org does a whole review of every Saw movie before they made Jigsaw, because he made it years ago. Um, And he does a really good job of, like, connecting the dots and also explaining why 4, 5, and 6 make absolutely no sense. But they're so ridiculously outlandish that they're entertaining to watch. Like, it's like, wait, how can this guy secretly have been helping Jigsaw the whole time if he was in this movie doesn't make any sense um but, but he also wrote oh go ahead go ahead oh, no no i was about to continue off of that yeah he has a very impressive horror movie catalog like um yeah. he wrote dead silence which i know some people are not a fan of but i love dead silence i haven't That's, seen it it is it so fun it is but fun. he also wrote insidious those insidious movies and upgrade which i haven't seen upgrade yet but i heard a lot of great things about it and <laughs> Upgrade He's had, um, is it Logan Marshall Green, who was the lead in The yes. Invitation? 
Yeah, yeah. he was leading invitation. Yes, so he he's worked with some one of our actors from one of our. I still love the invitation. That was one of the best like movie. I'm so glad you suggested it because I was like, I've been waiting to see it, and it held up to my expectations. Oh, I just hit my my headphones. Um. Because I was really excited about the invitation, but um, he's also worked. So now that the Invisible Man had such a great success, even though it got taken out of theaters early, it had a really good success. And he's also now working on a version of the Wolfman, I think, starring Ryan Gosling. Oh, who always does good work? Yeah, even Ryan Gosling was in. La La Land, right? Yeah, and Drive, which I love. Yeah, uh, he's not that good of a singer. Sorry, Ryan Gosling. He was better than Emma Stone as a singer, but he's at least entertaining. Like, also, why didn't they have John Legend sing more songs in La La Land? Because like he just ended up being like a pianist, and I was like, do you not know John Legend is like a really good singer? Because I've heard all of me so many times, and I still love listening to that man sing. Anyways, I don't like La La Land very much. But yeah, so he's done a lot of movies and he's working on The Wolfman. So they're kind of resurrecting the dark universe, but they're not putting as much pressure on it, which I think is the right way to do it because it should just be individual stories. Yeah, and that's the thing. It's definitely like individual storytelling. It's not doing the connected. Um, I like that because unpopular opinion, unpopular opinion. So I feel like with Marvel movies, it works. There's a comic book aspect to it. It's really exciting seeing your favorite comic book characters come together. Horror movies is a little hokey. Like, it worked for Monster Mash. I love Monster Mash when I was a kid. Um, (laughs) That was only, like, four of them, too. Like, that was... And it wasn't... The monsters weren't the main part of it. It was about the kids discovering the monsters. Yeah, but, I mean, that... I mean, it works for, like, a family fun movie, but I feel like this is not League of Extraordinary Gentlemen that we're going for. Like... (laughs) Which also bombed terribly, and that's why Sean Connery quit acting. And then... Alan Moore's just sitting in England, England cussing out someone like, fuck this, this is why I didn't want to sell my rights, like, you know. I know. So I hope he makes pretty- some money from it, though. Um, Genius. Well, he just well, wants his name taken off everything when they adapt his work. By the way, oh, I'm echoing again. Damn it. No, I'm not anymore. Yay, okay. I'm good. No, I did it for one second. By the way, spoiler alert for the Tom Cruise mummy. They try to... <laughs> The way they try to link. It's so funny to me. Because I really like the story of Jekyll and Hyde. And there's a very melodramatic musical version of it. Which I want to do. Oh, it's David Hasselhoff got cast as the lead. And he's 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 not a terrible singer. But he does not have the acting stamina to play two different roles in one play. I'm sorry, David Hasselhoff. You don't. And they taped it when he was in it. And there's a taped version. And it's really hilariously bad. Now that we've talked about some other stuff. We're going to talk about in the background of the uh, cinematic dark universe that failed. um, We're going to talk about The Invisible Man. And I'm going to give you a little bit of a synopsis first. Uh, I worked very hard on this one. It has a lot of alliteration in it. I'm very proud of it. It'll probably be the worst one ever. But that's okay. After years of gaslighting and grief, a battered and broken Cecilia finally leaves her abusive yet brilliant partner in the dead of night. Two weeks later, she receives news of his suicide, and surprisingly, the optical genius leaves her a large sum of money. She begins to rebuild her life, but something is off. 
what should be a renewed existence turns into a familiar nightmare when Cecilia begins to believe that someone or something might be silently and invisibly sabotaging her new life. Invisibly. Oh, I fucked it up. Anyways. <laughs> Uh, I didn't have that original. I was like, I'm going to add invisibly, but I said it wrong. Invisibility. <laughs> it's Harry Potter. Anyways, uh, yeah, so I really like this movie a lot. Did you like it, Britt? I did like it, yeah. Very, very much so. Like, think- it was, I feel like it was a good movie because it was a mix of smart and rewarding and fun. And it was one of those movies that, like, Made you think, but wasn't, like, keep you up at night with the questions. Does that make sense? Yes. I would say I probably only had two questions after the movie ended. there, And I will go into it with spoilers. Um, because, like, it, it was just smart enough. Because it wasn't holding your hand the whole time. Without being confusing. Like, yeah. it wasn't like Inception, where you're like, is did the top stop spinning? What is happening? I don't understand. Um, I still hate the ending to that. I'm sorry. I'm like, like it was kind of okay, but I was like, Ugh. but but that wasn't that wasn't his totem. His wedding ring was his totem. That was his wife's totem. But I thought he had wait what? Okay, I yeah. missed something. <laughs> I've only seen Inception once, so yeah, I finally so watched it for the first time recently. It's okay. It's okay. It's one of those things. I've seen that movie multiple times. But I thought, didn't he say that his, I guess because he didn't want to tell someone what his real totem was. Yeah, exactly. So if you notice Uh, in the scene, his wedding ring is missing. His totem is his wedding ring. Yeah. So wait, does that mean he was still in a dream? No, because if you look, the children are are older at the end. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. That makes me okay. Mm Mm-hmm. I was like, yeah. I swear if she's in a fucking dream, I'm going to be so pissed. A lot of people, it's like one of those things that it people are like, what is going on? But it's like the visual clues are there. It's just, he makes you, Christopher Nolan makes you work for those visual clues. I, was, was I like, like the misdirection. Yeah. I honestly yeah. like the misdirection because that's better. Because he still gives you the answers. It wasn't until... It wasn't until the third time I watched a movie, and, I, and I'm and i really focusing on the kids. At the end, the kids are wearing the same thing, but they're older. Like, you can tell they're, like, they're, like, a couple years older than they are in the, in the visions he has of them. So, yeah. I see what you did there, Christopher Nolan. Actually, I didn't because I'm an idiot. But, again, <laughs> I've only seen it once. You only so, did now one. I have to go back. Yes. Yeah. I like that, though. Okay, I think it's better than I thought it was originally. Because I was, like, it was fun. I don't understand what the big deal is about Inception, though, honestly. Like, I was like, it was fine. It has Joseph Gordon-Levitt in it. I do like Joseph Gordon-Levitt, <laughs> but, like, do I love him that much? No, I would rather watch Third Rock from the Sun and watch him. Jason, J- George, wait, Jason Gordon-Levitt? J- Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Joseph Gordon-Levitt. I was like, I've created a new person. Um, Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Uh, he's really adorable. Is he married, by the way? Cause he I is think married. Not- and Damn it! Is a fucking genius. Like she is like an inventor. Yeah. Everyone, everyone is married now except for me. It's really sucky. Um, it's weird. Uh, all of my celebrity crushes are now married. It's really sad. All the all the musicians I was in love with when I was a kid are married with children. Is Jared Leto married? Because I feel like Jared Leto's not married. Yeah, I don't think I don't think he'd be easy to deal with on a day to day basis. Sorry. Jared Leto. I'm, I don't have a crush on him, but I know a lot of people did. 
Yeah. I remember. He was, was, I mean, he was very handsome in Thirty Seconds to Mars. He is handsome. I just yeah. think he's kind of weird. Like, yeah. I don't think I could deal with that. Also, like, uh, what's his face? Joaquin Phoenix. Nope. Couldn't be married to him. I'm sorry. Like, he's a great actor, but ooh, something about people who go full method where I'm just like, and I can't deal with it. Yeah. I can't. It's too weird. Like, it's like, yeah, I used to pretend I was British going to stores when I was 11. Not when I'm a grown 45-year-old man with an Oscar. Like, sorry. Like, oh, sorry. Sorry, Walking Phoenix. You're really good. I just think it's a little weird. And it was such like that year where he pretended that he was a rapper for a yep. year for like a documentary. I was like, I thought oh, that was God. like a mockumentary. Maybe I'm wrong. Yeah, I think it is a mockumentary, but yeah. like it was really fucking weird. I was like, what? something is mentally wrong with him. I think there is, but also he grew up in a cult. So, yeah. so it is. And, you know, River, honestly, I think River Phoenix was more talented we should definitely watch dogfight because it's not scary but it's it's a weird movie that no one's ever no one ever watches and lily allen a very young lily allen is in it and it's really cute and my friend elizabeth showed it to me anyways back to invisible man um so we highly recommend this movie unless you are uh, gonna have a trigger about uh spout was they're not technically married but partner abuse um Uh, but I mean, it's in there, but it's more of subtext than anything else. You know, like you don't, no one gets like, you don't see her get beat up by him. Like, well, I mean, like you don't see the lead up to her leaving him. Yes, Um, that's true. So like, which almost makes it better because when she starts getting suspicious of things, it, it makes you question her validity because you didn't see anything happening to her well you just hear about it i mean entering it's not really spoilers when you see it happen the first 12 minutes of the movie but he does bust out a window and grab yes, her that is true that is yeah. true but i mean like other than that you don't really see like she's not bruised from head to toe but she does seem to be mentally fragile yeah but like we don't know her past which i'm just saying like it adds interesting subtext when you can't completely rely on the main character. Because a lot of this movie, they're gaslighting the audience. They're not just gaslighting her. They're gaslighting the audience. Because you're like, well, maybe she is just having a mental breakdown because she's so stressed out. Maybe, or maybe something else is happening. Like, I mean, I didn't really think that. But I think you can interpret that. And I think that's one of the good things about this movie is like, you can see where people would believe that she's doing things she's not doing. Yeah. Which is what, I don't think that's too much of a spoiler. I do think, like, maybe, I think we can probably discuss the opening scene without it being yeah. too spoilery. Um, I think it's, the opening credits, for one, for one, foreshadow a scene much later in the movie, which is great. I love that. Um, just the opening credits foreshadow, like, a confrontation scene towards the end of the movie. Um, but also, you just see her, like, methodically sneaking out of her house in the dead of night um and is it aiden or adrian adrian okay because for some reason i had it written down as aiden and i was like i don't think that's his name i think it's adrian adrian Um, griffin and griffin was the original invisible man in the novel yes which i love that they like paid a little homage to um yeah so you just see her like very methodically leave this house like she has a bag packed it's hidden behind something she's 
So like she she stashed her yoga pants by the door with her hoodie. I love that she's like, I'm just gonna put my yoga pants on. I was like, they save everything. Yoga pants are the pants for the future. Everyone has yoga pants now. Um, and then like the I think the thing that solidified it for me is like she knocks that bowl, like the dog's food bowl, and it makes a loud noise. And just the terror in her eyes as she's like checking the security cam to make sure that he didn't wake up because she's drugged him. And they're very subtle. Like, you see, like, powder in the glass. So you know that she put something in his drink. So it's, yeah. it's a, there's a little bit of, like, I thought that was maybe a little much. I feel like you could have just, like, shown the pill bottle and shown her, like, smashing it down the thing. I think swishing it around and seeing the contents was a little bit holding her hands. I didn't notice that until the second time I watched it. I was like, huh. I mean, did we need that? I don't know. But, um... That's like probably that was the beginning. So I think maybe they were trying to make a point because that the pills come back later. So I think maybe they were trying to make a bigger point of it. Maybe I don't know. Um, but yeah, and she she successfully escapes, but she accidentally sets off a car alarm when she's trying to free their dog from an electrified collar. And uh, which I was like, oh yes, she's like, I can't take you with you, and my heart broke. Yeah. But then, okay, after the alarm went off, I was surprised she didn't, like, try to take the dog with her. I was yeah. like, fuck it. Like, who cares? But this is, like, rest assured, this is actually one of the few horror movies where the dog does not die. Yeah. which The is dog not- is fine. I was like, yeah. thank God! Hallelujah! And his name is Zeus. And thank God, Zeus survives the whole movie. So you can rest assured, the dog is fine. There's no animal abuse in this movie. Because I don't think the dog gets kicked or anything by the yeah, bad guy. Yeah, I was Nothing kind of happened. worried about that, too. Because, you know, it's like, if she, if he was so good to Seuss, why would she be worried about Seuss? So, well, just... he did have an electrified collar. Which, I've had people have bark collars on their dogs. But I've, it was like a, a family, like a family member. Not my family, it was like my boyfriend's family member had it. But we tested it out on ourselves. And honestly, you can barely feel it. Like, it wasn't a strong one but yeah. she had dogs like her neighbors wouldn't stop complaining and she had one dog that would not stop barking when she wasn't home and like i don't think i could ever do that but like i understand some like landscapes where you can't maybe put up a fence like some people have the electrified collars that just like sh- like keep them from escaping into dangerous yeah. territory so exactly. i i get it but also, like, I would have a really hard time putting that on my dog unless, like, it was one of those situations. So, like, I, I assume that maybe he used it more of a dis- as a disciplinary thing, which I think is the wrong way to use those is to use it to, like, for, as a training tool. Like, it's one thing if, like, I don't know, the bark thing I get, but I don't get it so much when you're just like, oh, like, you aren't being the best dog ever, so I'm going to shock you. Like, also, it looked like a huge voltage. Like, it was as big yeah. as my taser is. So, yeah. <laughs> I was like, eh, eh, that, mm, I think it's too much. Um, But, yeah, so the opening scene is amazing. And you just need to see the look of terror in her eyes when she accidentally kicks something to know, like, okay, she's trying to escape something really awful. And they do a really good job of just kind of, like, slowly showing her emotions. Because she doesn't really say anything until the dog um, and she doesn't say anything too much to the dog either. Like, you know, sometimes like when 
characters are by themselves, like they'll have them explain the situation out loud and you're like, okay, this doesn't make a whole, this, no one does. I mean, I sometimes talk to myself, but not usually out loud and not yeah. like what I'm trying to sneak out of my house. She's not like, okay, I got to get my yoga pants and I got to get my shoes and I got to leave my abusive boyfriend. Like there's not too much exposition. It kind of puts you like, you understand it's a bad situation. She's getting out of it. Also, he has a fucking mansion, so he has a lot of power and money. And you see these weird suits in his lab when she's trying to... And they do a good job because she's not in the lab to do anything except turn off the security cameras. Which makes sense why you would have your security camera set up in your lab. Because if you're, it's in his basement. If you're going to spend hours in your basement, you want to know if people are coming to the house. Like That would make total sense that that's why it was in the basement. Because I don't think he... I think he probably had the house before they started dating. Because it seems like it was his house that she moved into. Um, and then her sister comes to pick her up and uh, he smashes out a window. And she drops the pill bottle that she had, uh, the diazepam she had put in his system to um, make him sleep through her sneaking out. But with that, I think we have to go into spoilers. Yeah. Because I don't want to get too far into this movie. Um, so spoiler alert, recommended. It's on Amazon Prime, but you do have to purchase it right now, sadly. Maybe it'll or be free. It. Yeah. Or you rent can- it. You can rent it. It was on sale the in August for like half price. So hopefully it's still doing that. Um, but uh, yeah, highly recommend. We're going into spoiler territory, though. I mean... Uh, I'm going to let you talk for a little while, Britt. Is there something specific about it that you really want to talk about? Okay, definitely the ending. Um, so, I mean, I know that's, that's a <laughs> long way. Straight to the ending. Um, I did want to give just a little bit rundown of the characters. This isn't a big cast, uh, mm-hmm. which also kind of makes the movie feel more personal. Um, yeah. That the main action is going on between kind of five characters, six characters, yeah. essentially. Um, so Elizabeth Moss plays Cecilia Cass. Of course, we all know Elizabeth Moss as um, the lead character um, of Glenn in uh, The Handmaid's Tale, which she's fantastic. I think she's won a few Emmys for her role. Uh, she's great. She is a great actress. Um, and Mad Men. Does, and Mad Men, yeah. So she does subtly, she does subtle things very well. Um, Although there, I will say every man that I've told about this movie like, including my ex-boyfriend, who's not really anti-lady. He's pretty pro-women. But all of my guy friends at work are like, her face is weird. I don't know what it is about Elizabeth Moss, but everyone thinks her face is weird. I'm like, I don't think she's, like, a classic beauty, but I don't think she's ugly, and I don't think yeah. her face is distracting. My, but you know what? My mother said something very similar. My mom watched this movie with me and, um, and Taylor when, we, when I was watching it for the podcast. And there's a few things I was going to ask you because I, I was... I was listening to things and I said, wait. And I was like, damn it, I didn't have my subtitles on because uh, my mom and Taylor don't watch movies with subtitles like I do. So there's probably some little things I missed. Um, But my mom said the same thing. She said, you know, she's not, she's not ugly woman, but she's not conventionally beautiful either. I think she's a very real woman. I think she looks real. Yeah. And I think that's why she was so good as Peggy in Mad Men because you had Joan who was just fucking drop dead gorgeous and i think betty was john ham's wife's character's name um who's like like june cleaver kind of looking person and then you had peggy olsen who was smart and she was people were attracted to her but she wasn't like a classic beauty 
And so, like, I think, is it Pete, that that character? I only really saw the first season. I didn't love Mad Men. I thought it was really well done and well acted, and I love the costumes. But it's just really depressing to watch, like, sad things happen to people. Like, it's just real depressing. And so it wasn't uh, something I, like, I need a little bit more comedy in my dramas. Like, I need, like, in some lev- moments of levity to make it more realistic and more palatable for me. Like, that's just how I am. So, but I, like, I remember, like, Pete was very attracted to her. But, like, he was, like, secretly attracted to her. And I think she was good for that because she looks like a normal person. And when she doesn't, like, she can look really, really pretty when she tries. But she's not afraid to do ugly for movies. And she doesn't look like, like, you know how Charlize Theron, like, when she did Monster, like, everyone's like, oh, my God, she looks so ugly. Give her an Oscar. Like, I guess. But, like, I feel like she had to try too hard. To look ugly. They had to put you know? a lot of makeup on her, yeah. Yeah, which, like, Elizabeth Moss is just like, I'm just not going to wear makeup for this scene in Invisible Man. It's fine. Yeah. Like, but she just looks like a real person. Exactly. Not wearing makeup. She doesn't look like, like, everyone had to put tons of makeup to make me look like I'm not wearing makeup, you know. So that's why I like her. I think she was a good choice for this part because she plays a broken person very, yeah. very well. There is a very, very heartbreaking moment that resonated with me where she's kind of, she kind of has this idea of what's happening. No one believes her. And she's in, in the room talking. She doesn't know if he's there or not, but she goes, you could have, you could have had anyone. Why'd you pick me? And yeah. Yeah. And I really thought at that moment, it was, I mean, it didn't come out and say it, but I really thought there was a physicality um, yeah. to that that question. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's very, very heartbreaking. And I feel like maybe there is a lot of relationships where women stay because they maybe question um, how they look or, you know, maybe they question themselves as a person. There's not a sense of confidence, um, which is why abuse goes on so long, I feel, yeah. in some cases. Let's go through the characters, though, because we... Sorry, we got distracted again it's by okay. The Handmaid's um, Tale. No, you're good. So we have Harriet Dyer, who plays Emily Cross, who, of course, is Cecilia's sister. Um, I don't think they ever specify if, it's, if Emily's the big sister or the little sister, but she is Cecilia's sister. We have Aldris Hodge, who plays James. Uh, James is a detective and a, and a childhood friend. Now, I didn't get this. Um, someone said in a review that James was Emily's ex-husband. Is that I did not get that at all. That's what my few questions were like. What exactly does the sister do? Like, here are my questions that I had. It was like, does the sister have a life? Because she seems to only be there, like, to help Cecilia. I felt kind of bad for the sister. Because they didn't, like, develop her character very much. And then I was like, I wish there was a little more on how James knows Cecilia. Or why they are so close. And then also, does the sister have a life? Because <laughs> it's yeah. just kind of like, okay, but how, why are they so close? Why is it okay for her to stay? Like, and I, I'm confused. So is she supposed to be the mom of his no. daughter? No, then, that's, or... what, that's what the review said. It was like, um, so there was a, a, a review. Um, it wasn't really like a movie review, but it was just more like the analysis of the mental health issues of these characters. And the reviewer literally said that, um, uh, Cecilia goes to stay with Emily's ex-husband James and his teenage daughter uh, Sydney, and that was not. And there was a little bit of conversation where she's like standing on the porch, 
looking at the mailbox and I know Emily comes and visits, but I did not get that any kind of quip that she was James's ex-wife. No, I didn't get that at all either. I thought maybe they went to high school together or maybe she was friends with his deceased wife. Yeah. That's what I thought was like, maybe she was friends with them. Maybe like, maybe his wife was like her best friend and she died. And because they were so close, they kind of like were friends. Cause I didn't really sense anything romantic with them, which I kind of like. Yeah, me not too. A, Cause I'm like, I kind of was like, I hope they get together in the future. But I was also like, it's way too soon for her to be in a relationship because she's fucking like disturbed with everything that she's gone through. So I hope they don't like tack on a romantic ending at the end. You yeah. Know? I feel but, like yeah. that would have been a cheap cop-out, too. That would have been yes. definitely playing to the audience expectations. Yeah. Um, yes. I think it was good that they didn't... Like, th- there's definitely, like, the possibility. I don't I don't want them to have a sequel. But if they had a sequel, that maybe they did get married. And maybe they're having their own kid. And his daughter's really upset about it. I don't know. Maybe, yeah. But I don't really want to see that. Please don't make that. Exactly. And that's where there's... So there's Storm Reed, who plays Sydney, who is James's teenage daughter. Who um, was in that terrible remake of A Wrinkle in Time, which... Ah! I, I tried to watch a couple scenes from it. And I was like, nope, can't do it. I can't. No. I have a very deep love of A Wrinkle in Time, and they've never done a good adaptation of it. It's like, okay, I'm sorry. That's my A Wrinkle in Time rant. Um... <laughs> No, I you're really good. like that book, and I like. I'm sad there's never been a good adaptation, in my opinion. Like, yeah, oh, yeah. Anyways, but I think Storm Reed's a really good, like, young actress. I think she does a really good job. She also apparently was in Twelve Years a Slave, and she's in that new series called Euphoria, oh, which yeah. I haven't seen yet, but it looks good. And, yeah, you hear tons of crap about Euphoria, like yeah. all the time. Um, so yeah, there's Michael Dorman who plays Tom Griffin. That's Adrian's brother mm-hmm. and his lawyer. And then, of course, um, you don't really see him. You see a very brief flash of him at the beginning of the movie um, when he knocks out the window of the car. But Oliver Jackson plays uh, Adrian Griffin. And I'm just like, who Who the fuck is... Or Oliver Jackson Cohen. I'm sorry, it's a hyphenated. Did, did you figure out who he was? Because yes, we have to figure it out. Luke. I was so excited. His Luke in Haunting of Hill House. Who is yes. this? He plays such a good, like, fragile heroin addict. And there he is, like, this this creepy man at the end. And they were going to have uh, Alexander Sarsgaard was a, which I think would have been a great. Yeah. He was a choice for this, but I don't know why he didn't do this movie. But I think it was better to do somebody who's not as well known. Yeah. Because, but they both have, like, the same kind of, like, tall body type. And I think he does a really good job. He's just intimidating enough. And he's British. So, but he's a really good American accent. But because he's playing an antagonist. Like, him controlling his voice just makes him more menacing. It's like what I was... Like, when Patrick Stewart controls his accent in Green Room to play the neo-Nazi. Yeah. Like, it just brings this level of control to a controlling character. And I love that. Like, just like Jamie Dornan should have been good because he was controlling his Irish accent. But it just made him stiff and awkward in Fifty Shades of Grey. Yeah. So... Sorry, because he actually is, I like Jamie Dornan as an actor in a lot of things. I think The Fall, he's really good, but he's way more charming as a serial killer than he is as Christian Grey, which is baffling to me. But yes, so we've got six characters, all, I thought the acting in this movie was really good. Yeah. 
I think it was solid. And like I said, the young actress, Storm Reed, she did a really good job, which again makes me sad that I couldn't sit through the Wrinkle in Time adaptation because it's not her fault. Um, but so we've got like just six characters, and I think I think you're right. I think it's a very taut plot. Yeah. And uh let's yeah, let's talk about the ending, because that seems to be what we want to talk about. Oh, yeah. Do we want to do we want to talk about the twist first though, or the ending first? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, we should probably talk about. Well, we should probably like touch on a few key points leading up to the ending, yeah. um, a little bit too. Where, um, so of course, very early on, Cecilia, um, like Katie uh, touched upon earlier, Cecilia escapes um, Adrian's home with Emily's help, um, and then a few weeks later, Adrian commits suicide. And she's like, you know, this this doesn't seem right. This doesn't seem right. Like, he's a narcissist. He kind of loves himself too much to kill himself. And I know that's a mean thing to say, but that is true about narcissists. They're not known to commit suicide. They they love themselves. Um, so, of course, you don't want to hurt yourself when you love yourself. Um, and they're like, you know, um, Tom's like, no, it's true, Cecilia. I've seen his dead body, uh, blah, blah, blah. And he leaves her money. Um, and of course, Emily's like, yeah, we're taking the money. Um, and Cecilia does a lot of nice things with the money. Like she opens, uh, she, a college fund for Sydney. Um, so she's kind of feeling good and you have this. Yeah, she's a good person. She doesn't use her money to like, she does buy herself some nice things, but the first thing she does is buy a ladder for James because he has a shitty ladder and also buy the college fund. So you can tell she's a kind, kind soul. Yeah, and I think it's one of the first moments in the movie that, like, kind of made me a little sick to my stomach because she goes to this job interview, and she's so excited. Like, this is, like, you have the feeling that, like, when he was controlling every aspect of her life, she probably wasn't working. She probably was wearing what he wanted to wear. Her makeup was probably done to his liking. Everything, like, she even said, she's like, he decided what I ate. And so you see her at this job interview, and she's really excited, and she's like, yeah, I have these drawings. She's having a really good rapport with the interview manager, mm-hmm. and she opens up her portfolio, and nothing's there. That made my, like, heart drop. I was yeah. like, oh, no. Like, I had a sinking feeling. I was like, oh. Because, like, I don't know. I am kind of forgetful sometimes, but there's something about, like, absolutely knowing that you did something, and there's nothing scarier than it being gone. Like, I've done that at work where I, like, put something out and I walked away for a second to get something to finish up that project and someone's moved it. And I'm like, what the fuck, man? Yeah. But this is scarier because, to her knowledge, nobody else has access to her portfolio. Yeah. It's, like, really fucking with her because she, she sincerely in her heart at this point in the movie believes Adrian's dead. You know James and Sydney wouldn't do it. Um, So it's, like... She, there's really that panic, like, am I losing my mind? Like, who mm-hmm. did I forget this? And it's really, really sad because it's a sense of embarrassment. Um, yeah. It's a sense of her second guessing herself. And of course, the interviewer is very polite. He's like, you know, he likes her. So he's like, oh, you can send it later. But at that point, the panic's inside her. And it's just. What, I love this part too because it seems like it's a panic attack. And that's what you think it is for a little while. Because she starts having, like, a panic attack. But the panic attack actually causes her to pass out because someone's been drugging her. Yeah. Because she had too much diazepam. And she left the diazepam 
which the only reason I know how to say that is because they used to use it on Grey's Anatomy all the time. They're like, we need diazepam, stat, she's seizing. Well, and we were watching it, and, you know, and I even, so they tell her she has a bunch of diazepam in her system, and she starts to space out, and you literally hear the fucking person go, well, there's something else we found in your blood work we want you to know about. Mm -hmm. And me and my mom go, she's pregnant. And Taylor goes, what? I know, that's what I was like. I was like, oh, my God, yes. Yeah. Or Definitely. no, actually. I was like, oh, shit. But yeah, yeah she's like, but we should talk about it in person. Which, I'm sorry, I feel like they would give you pregnancy results over the phone. Oh, yeah. Like, I was confused why she didn't just tell her over the phone. Well, what they, they usually give you, um, they usually, for anything, they make you take a pregnancy test, and then they give you the results there. Right. So, um, right. Unless I, you tell them, there's no way I could be pregnant. Like, if you are sexually active... They're going to take a pregnancy test because they need for their medical liability to make sure that they're not going to harm a growing fetus. Yeah. Um, That's how Jim Pam found out they were pregnant in the office. Yeah. Pam hit, twisted her ankle and they're like, oh, that honestly, that's great writing too. Because she just subtly says like, are you sure there's no way you could possibly be pregnant? She's like, I don't care. I have to win this volleyball game. Yeah. And then they still take it. Then you find out and you're like, oh. It was such a good, subtle way to do it. Just like this movie, because like only if you're a person that would pick up on that, which I feel like are most women, but you know, maybe they wouldn't the first time. I don't know. I always also then she throws up later. Yeah. Like, and you're, but she's also really stressed out. So I think if, maybe if you weren't paying attention, you probably wouldn't get it. Cause then like eventually she finds out from someone else, like, did you not know you were pregnant? And she's like, what? Yeah, so, it's like her what? whole world is shattered. So, yeah, she's yeah. in the mental institution, and her whole world, like, literally becomes shattered at that moment because she mentions that she was taking birth control behind his back because he was trying to get her pregnant, which is actually, um, it, this movie does not make any kind of statement on pro-choice or pro-life at all, right. which I think is, is actually very smart because um, yeah. you don't really want to divide viewers into one way or another. That's, that's right. me... That's me speaking from a writer point of view, not from a personal point of view on how I feel about any certain situation. Um, But I did read a lot of um, people who I've read stories before women who've had abortions. And that was something that had happened to them where they were in an abusive relationship and they their abuser um, switched their medication and they hit the medication and the woman's gotten pregnant with her abuser's child. So that is something that does happen. Uh, yeah. Quite commonly. Um, it also happened on Desperate Housewives season one or two. Maybe season two. Wow. Uh, just, But that's a silly TV show. But, like, they even bring that into Desperate Housewives. Because I remember that was, like, one of the things that maybe the maddest about what shitty people did on Desperate Housewives. Like, how the fuck can you switch somebody's birth control medication? You're a fucking asshole. Like, yeah. because... Here's the thing, like having a child is not a one person decision, is a yeah. two person decision. It takes two people to have children and they both need to be responsible for that choice. And if one person makes the choice, if you both make a choice, we're not ready to have children, let's go on birth control, which I believe is a very responsible decision. If you are in a committed relationship or even if you're not and you know that you aren't ready to have children, but you are responsible enough to take birth control. I don't understand how anyone who's pro-life can have a problem with that. Because, like, I'm sorry, if, if you're pro-choice, you're probably super religious. And, I mean, and I'm pretty much, like, personally 
pro, I'm sorry, I meant pro-life. I'm sorry, not pro-choice. If you're pro-life, you're probably super religious. And personally, because I grew up Roman Catholic, in my personal life, I would be pro-life, but I am not anti-choice because my life is not the same as everyone else's life. Yeah. And I'm like, pretty I much, would never tell someone. Yeah. I pretty much have the exact same sentiments where it's like, it's like, well, what would you do? Where it's like, well, I've been in a relationship with the same man for seven years and, you know, we are not trying to get pregnant and I'm on birth control. But at the same yeah. time, like if I got pregnant, it wouldn't be the end of the world. It would be unexpected. Um, but right. it, it would be a choice that we would make together to raise our right. child. Um, but and also like vehemently pro-life people are generally super religious. And yeah. if you believe in God, my mom said this, and I, this is why I love my mom, because even though she's very traditional, she was like, I'm sorry, I don't think there's anything wrong with bringing Connor or being on birth control, because if God wants you to have a baby, I'm pretty sure a little old piece of plastic or a pill is not going to stop God from willing you to be pregnant. If that's what you think yeah. birth control is doing, and you believe in God, like, I know plenty of people who are products of birth control, they are birth control babies. It happens. Yeah, it's not it's not a 100% rule. We all, you know, we saw that episode of Friends, you know, condoms only work 97% of the time, and they should definitely put that bigger on the label. Not to quote Friends too much, but I love that episode. Um, I know people that have had, like, situations like that where they're like, like, I mean, that's a really messed up situation to have to go through. Yeah. But, you know, it's one of those things like, can, I don't know. That's one of those situations where if you are pro-life um, and you're not really a big fan of abortion, I think that's one. Of, but you're reasonable. You could probably see why someone who's stuck in a abusive relationship maybe wouldn't go through with a pregnancy because maybe like they don't want to bring a kid and they can't get out of this situation and it's going to have more control over them. I mean, to me, I would still try to just escape, but. Yeah. I, I can, I have sympathy for anyone in that kind of situation. Like, I can see where that would be a sympathetic situation, in my opinion. Yeah, and the way they filmed her at the end, it could be just the camera angles they filmed her at, but it seemed like she had more of a natural roundness to her, um, which would have been, this would have been maybe three or four months after Adrian had faked his death. Um, and I, I, I honestly feel like she is um, pregnant. Um mm-hmm. At the end of the movie, um, I feel like, you know, the main concerns there is that she didn't want the pregnancy to begin with, but probably when she found out she was pregnant, that became a focal point of not only protecting herself, but also this unborn child from this narcissist. Because narcissists right. see their children as extensions of themselves. Yes. And so, yeah, so I that's how I feel personally. Um, right. The movie could leave it ambiguous, but it definitely did not lean towards the direction that she was planning to. Yeah. Because she even says, like, if you want to roll in this child's life. Yeah. Well, so, like, yeah, I, I'm i pretty sure she kept it. Or if she didn't, she was really good about lying. Yeah. Uh, and she was using it as a bargaining chip. I don't know. I could see it. I could see some people being more cynical and saying, no, 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 she's not keeping that baby. But I feel like once he's, well, I'm just going to say, we, we're in spoilers. Once he's dead, yeah. like, who the hell cares? But she did have to make sure he was dead. I don't feel like, I don't feel like I would blame her. But at the same no. time, like, I don't feel like I would blame her as a victim if she did decide to not keep the baby. But I I personally feel from the way the movie was filmed, directed, and written that she was planning to keep the baby after she found out about yeah. the baby. 
I think so too. I, I, that's how I feel. Cause they don't really like, there's not like a moment where she's trying to decide to keep the baby or not. They're like, there's no one actually, I don't even know if anyone actually questions it except for the creepy brother. Who's kind of like, I hope you're planning on keeping this baby because wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Yeah. Um, can we, can we talk about the brother and how much of a dick he is? Yeah. I hate the brother. I hate Tom, the brother, the actor who plays him does a really good job. Um, but I think he's gross and he's like a yes man. And basically like, so Adrian, the abusive ex is an optics genius and he's been developing optics. Like, uh, and I think they did a really good job with the suit itself because it's a bunch of little cameras in a bodysuit. And I thought that was really smart because I don't know if you've seen this Brit, but there's a really cool like halloween costume people have done in the past where they like have like an ipad on the front and back of them and they both have their cameras on so it looks like you can see through them oh that's cool like people have done that for like halloween costumes like like they'll make it like they'll, they'll like paint like a hole so it looks like they have a hole like if they're like a zombie or something but it looks really cool so i'm like so people have already done a very miniature version of this suit not not as well, but, like, there's a version of the suit that kind of exists. So, basically, like, it's using, like, mirrors and reflections and cameras to, which is what cameras are, a bunch of mirrors and lenses to, by the way, it's a dog. <laughs> um, but and, uh, they they use it in a good way that is, like, logical. Yeah. Like, when, when you know, Spock had the, the wristwatch that he could talk to captain kirk on you know like now we have that like this is something like i feel like they could use in the future if they could develop it and i thought that was a good reasonable way to explain the invisible man um and and bt dubs i also wanted to point out for anyone who may have uh which we're in spoiler alerts now so hopefully you've seen the movie at this point if you're listening this far right but um I don't know the exact uh, name for it, but I kind of have a fear of multiple cluster of small holes. Oh, tryptophobia. And it's kind of disgusting to me. So this movie, yeah. uh, there are some scenes that were honestly disgusting to me. Like, I can't look at wasp nests without feeling like I'm going to faint. Um, so I get skin, like, my head feels like my skin's crawling right now talking about it. But I yeah. don't have a fear of it. Like, and yeah. I think it is tryptophobia. Um, and it's like, it's just a, a fear of clusters of holes. And there is something that makes, I also get skin crawliness like this when I see little holes. And also like, there's a couple episodes of Grey's Anatomy where people have had skin diseases that have just been like, I mean, they're also ones that hardly any, they're not very pop, like they're not either not real or like the version of the TV version of them is very exaggerated. But I remember there was one where someone basically looked like a tree and- oh. Something made my skin crawl about, and I don't know what it is because it's not the person that made my skin crawl. I think it's just the fact that you can't control your own skin, which is like the largest organ in your body. Yeah, like that's scary to me. Um, but it wasn't like the it wasn't how the person looked or anything. I was just like, I don't know what it is, but like I do not like skin diseases. Yeah, on. like like I don't like that stuff either. It makes my skin crawl, but also like. The little whole thing. I can look at it and I'm fine, but my skin will definitely like like I get yeah. like like it's like ASMR but in a negative way in my yeah. brain. Like it's my like body. my skin is tingling. I always do this thing where um 
on topic off topic where um the back of my the back of my legs hurt when i look at something that makes me uncomfortable so for example my mom has very thin skin and i've seen my mom's skin get ripped open accidentally quite a few times mm-hmm. and literally um the back of my legs almost feel like they're on fire when i oh. see something that upsets me so i usually do this it's almost like um a thing I do, and I feel the back of my legs starting to go on fire, and I'm like, I can't look, I can't look, I can't look. And um, thank God that's where I have a husband that is very, very good about medically attending to my mom till we can get her to the hospital. Um, my mom takes a lot of steroids, and that's why her skin's so thin. Um, so, I mean, even if you grab my mom, like, gently, it could still leave a bruise on her. Yeah. By the way, we, we started recording late, so it's a little later than normal. So we, we are going to get to everything, but we'll probably... It might be better. We might speed through it more, and y'all will hear less of us gabbing. I don't know. Yeah. Um, so, um, yeah. So um, I do want to mention, so leading up to... Um, so Cecilia starts being gaslight. Um, very, very, very early, she starts to realize that it is a figure. There's, for example, someone's taking pictures of her while she's sleeping. She wakes up. There's a blanket on the floor. She sees footprints on the blanket. She know we know as the audience someone's fucking with her. Um, yes. And of course, no one believes her, which is really sad. So, yeah, I, you know, and maybe it's just because people. I I will say this as somebody who has been in a relationship with someone who's very private. You know, I think it's more of that. Like, oh maybe my god, Adrian. Oh, Riley just wanted to hug Brittany. He just jumped in her lap. Um, Riley's not a lap dog, by the way. Riley is like a hound dog, so he's pretty big. Yeah. Oh, he's so cute, though. Um, but <laughs> I'm still. Um, saying I'm sorry. But what was I trying to say? Uh, I got distracted by puppies. Hmm. I don't remember what I was saying. Oh well. Must not have been important. Oh, you're talking about being with someone in a private. Oh, room. like sometimes people who are like super private in their life, like. You know, you are so close. You're maybe you're the only person that's close to them, and like when when you talk to your friend, like when you're like dealing with something, and people are like, "Oh, I'm so surprised that they did that thing." You're yeah. like, "Well, why are you surprised? Because you know them inside and out." Like it sounds like this guy was very private about his abuse. So sh- to her, she knows that he's an abuser, but she obviously didn't share it with her family because when her sister comes to pick her up, she's like. Are you okay? What's going on? Like, her sister doesn't even know. She well, hasn't, like, maybe, told anybody about it. Maybe he was, like, recording her calls. Maybe he was reading her text right. messages. Like, But regardless, it's they haven't seen the proof. So they, it seems like they at first want to believe her. But they're also like, but you've also been through a really traumatic event. And we have proof that he's dead. But also he's, you know, cremated. And she didn't see the body. So until you see the actual body, I just think... It, there's always a possibility they're still alive in movies at least, you know? Um, But so like, maybe it's like, I kind of like that too, because like, it's not like they don't believe her totally, but it's also like, they think you've been through a stressful situation. You've been terrorized by this man. And it's just your fears haunting you. Also, why does she not have a psychiatrist? Yeah. I feel like she should have a psychiatrist. Also, that would have been a really good character to act to kill off. 
early on. Like, her psychiatrist goes to, like, the house to, like, prove to her, like, see, I took a video of it, and everything's fine. See, he's dead, he's gone, and then, like, the psychiatrist just gets murdered on camera. Like, maybe maybe that's stupid, but I feel like that would have been an interesting yeah. plot. But maybe, they, I think they did a good job, because they don't really reveal that there is an invisible man. Like, you see stuff happen. You see stuff happen, like, but you don't know how it's happening because there's a really great scene where she's in the kitchen. Yeah. She's making eggs and bacon for oh. uh, James and, is it Sonia? What is his uh, daughter's name? Oh, Sophie. Sophie. No, no. Yeah, Sydney. Sydney. Duh. Sydney. Sydney. I'm sorry. Sydney. No, and she leaves the room to go wake up Sydney and you see like the, it's like a gas stove. So you see the flames get bigger. And then the the breakfast just catches on fire, and they and it's shot like voyeur like from a wide shot angle, so it never like and they do a really good job of of shooting scenes from a like a voyeuristic distance, yeah, where like you get like the viewpoint of the invisible man, and also they do panning shots they pan to seemingly nothing, yeah, but they do have like sometimes they have like a clicking noise. Because that's the the sound of the cameras moving, which I can't decide if I like that or hate that. Because in some ways, I feel like it would be more impressed, like scarier if he was actually silent. But then I feel like practically you would probably hear the motor of the camera moving. Yeah. So you and know, there's a lot of other things like, for example, she walks outside and she sees her breath, and then you see breath next to her breath. Yeah, and there's a lot of very like- subtle stuff. Yeah, lots of very subtle stuff until, like, the shit really hits the fan. Um, which, the attic scene. Yeah, and the attic scene, so, yeah, she froze paint on him. And that's, like, the first real scene of violence where you literally see him lift her off her feet yes. by her throat in the kitchen. Yeah, that's probably the scary. I think that was probably, I think that was in the trailer, too. Yeah. There, um, there is a yeah. scene, um, so after all this, after um, Sydney gets hit, um, and Sydney is one of those things that's really sad. That because, part pissed me off. Yeah, he hits Sydney, and of course, uh, Sydney thinks that it's um, Cecilia that hits her. And but also, I, like, she's standing right next to her, and I couldn't understand. I didn't see her arm move at all, so why would you think she hit you? Mom, my mom explained it to me, too, because I said the same thing. And mom goes, but your mind, you know, is going to jump to the nearest conclusion. The nearest conclusion she has is that they're the only two people in the room together. And she visibly feels being hit. And there's no other way for her to explain it. Like, in that moment, like, if, you know, I was bit, it's like, you know, Mabel's over here. Even though Mabel's in that position to bite me, that's what I'm going to think bit me. Because Mabel's the closest thing to me right now. Right. So, I mean, which is really sad, but of course, Sydney, uh, James takes Sydney, basically kicks Cecilia out of the house. So the only person she has to go to is her sister, Emily. Emily's already pissed off because she believes Cecilia sent her this really awful email. Mm-hmm. She did not. Um, and course. this was the scene. Sorry, Dave, can you still hear me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. Sorry, I knocked my microphone down. Luckily, my can was empty, but I also knocked down. Okay, the restaurant scene. Go ahead, Brittany, because this one really got me. Yeah, this was the scene that, like, everyone was talking about. They are like, that restaurant scene, though. Like, oh, my God, can you believe what happened in the restaurant? Mm -hmm. And it's literally one of those scenes. So, of course, I saw this on DVD. I did not see it in the theaters. But we were sitting there, and um, 
So Emily comes to Cecilia's aid and, you know, Emily's really pissed and Cecilia's like, this is, I need your help. Like, you're the only person I can trust. I'm telling you. And then, like, you see Emily's eyes widen and there's just a knife just floating near Cecilia's head and it just slits mm-hmm. Emily's throat. I and know. I felt so bad for her. Yeah. It's like the knife is literally back in Cecilia's hand. Yeah. And that Emily's was the only head. goofy thing was there was a little bit of a noise with it. I was like. Did we need to have a noise with the knife? Yeah. But okay. Um, I'm glad that she saw the knife though, because she obviously know. I hope she knew that it wasn't her sister. Yeah. Like that's the saddest thing when you didn't murder somebody, but they think you murdered them. Which not to bring up Desperate Housewives, but there is a couple, and the husband dies of poisoning, but he thinks his wife poisoned him, but she didn't. And but he had treated he had cheated on his wife, so he leaves her a note when that she doesn't get until like she's like it's months after his death, but she's like she invites all her friends to for the gravestone because you know that usually happens after the funeral because it takes a while to get it finished. She invites her friends to like put the gravestone and she ends up burying him somewhere else because she's so mad that he thought she murdered him. She's like I don't understand why he, because he, he leaves her note that says, I understand why you did it. And she's like, what the? F-? She's so, I was like, I would be pissed too if my husband, my deceased husband thought I murdered them. But I mean, there's nothing worse than like being blamed for someone you love's murder. But it usually is someone really close to somebody. So it's like, well, you can kind of understand why people suspect spouses. But then also that's oh, yeah. a terrible feeling. Exactly. It's like the spouse is always the first one. And it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if they're innocent or not. It's still they're going to be the number one suspect. Yeah. They should be. Like, because it usually is the self. Like, sorry, if your significant other uh, gets gets murdered, then you should definitely get a lawyer and don't take a polygraph because those things can be used against you. And you can fail a polygraph and not actually be lying. Yeah, exactly. Which is really sad. And you can pass a polygraph and be lying. Yeah, so polygraphs are not super reliable don't take a polygraph unless don't just don't take it like it's not yeah. a good thing to do and lawyer up like i that sounds terrible like on crime shows they're like don't lawyer up i'm like but if you're innocent lawyer up like yeah i, I hate that it makes people look not innocent because i'm like i would get a lawyer if somebody accused me of murder i'd be like okay you talk to somebody because i did not murder anyone but i don't want to make myself look guilty yeah you know um, but yeah, that's pretty the worst thing. And also like probably because I have we both have siblings. So like something like so terrifying about your sibling. Plus I I don't remember if they said this in the movie, but I get the feeling like their parents are dead and yeah. they're probably the only thing they have left of each other and that's just taking away another access. And I wonder if like they tried because he sets it up with the email he sends to her sister, which I don't know which person sent the email because well, because of the twist. But like yeah. they Whoever the gaslighter sends Emily a um, really nasty email that says, I wish you were dead. So I wonder if, like, they were trying not to avoid killing her at first. And then they decided that she wasn't going to leave her sister alone. So that's when they decided to kill her. Or if it was, like, the plan the whole time was murder the sister so she gets in the insane asylum and then we can use leverage. Yeah. I don't. I'm not quite sure they're not super clear with that. Um, But I can see it either way. And of course, because she killed her sister, but says she didn't kill her sister. And and she's 
I think it's probably James's to do because he's also, by the way, a police. I think you're a detective. Yeah, they're not. It sounds like because he's he's wearing a suit. Usually, if you're a police officer, but you wear a suit to work, you're generally a detective or like, uh, like a one of the bosses. Like, what do they call it? Like a captain. So yeah. you're usually not in uniform if you're one of those jobs. Um, so he's like a detective, and I think it's probably his doing to get her into the mental institution instead of like hard jail because yeah. it's a little bit nicer. Um, and that's where she finds out she's pregnant. Because she doesn't know that. And they're talking to her. And they're like, did you not know you were pregnant? And she's like, what? Yeah. And that is when she starts making a plan. Because at first she seems like she's just resolved to, like, just let her follow. Just let him follow her around and just, like, rot away. Because she's just really depressed about everything. And no one believes her. And then she makes up a plan. And I thought it was a very good plan. But really painful. Where she steals a pen Oh, yeah. after the brother. Yeah, because I was about to say, because, of course, um, Tom reveals to her that, like, yeah, hey, I know he's alive, but, hey, you go back to him, and you raise the baby, and we, you're good, you're golden girl. And she's, like, literally, what the fuck? Like, Which, I'm sorry, like, I don't, like, we have, we've all had controlling people in our family, but would you ever help them torture a person? I don't think I could do that. Like, yeah. Tom's a fucking asshole. Which is why she calls him a jellyfish. She's like, you're like him without the spine. Like, mm-hmm. you know, you don't stand up to him. And you never yeah. have. And she takes this pen, which is another th- another reason that I'm kind of liking the idea that she's planning to keep this child. Is that she takes the pen and she starts to slit her wrist. And she's like, you won't get me and you won't get the baby. Right. And like, so it's, like, almost like she's, like, insinuating she's trying to protect her child from him. And then one of, so I love this scene because I watch a lot of movies. And very rarely do I have just a vocal reaction to something. Um, and so he grabs her and she's, like, now I got you. And, like, she doesn't say it like that. But she fucking starts stabbing him with the pen. And I'm, like, yes, fucking That was the best thing. I was, like, yes, yes, yes. And I'm, like, stab him harder. Like she Also, stabbed- when she eventually shoots him, I was, like, yes, keep shooting. Keep shooting. Hold- Do not throw the gun away. You keep it until you know that motherfucker is dead. Yeah. But if you're protecting yourself. Don't shoot yeah, people think- unless you're protecting yourself. I think you have this visceral reaction to that scene because he's literally taken away everything from her at this point. Mm -hmm. She has nothing. And it's like, you know, like at this point, like I don't usually condone stabbing somebody, but like he had this shit coming. It's also self-protection. Yeah. So like it's it's definitely self-defense. Also, then he like kills and injures a bunch of innocent people. So like he's a dick. Also, was this, I think that was Adrian though, because he talks to her. In the ramp. Yeah. And that's what they're foreshadowing is they have this, she gets out of the mental hospital, she's in the parking lot, and it's pouring down rain. And also, she listened to the weather report to wait until it was going to storm all weekend because she's very smart where she's like, I will be able to see him in the rain because yeah. it's going to, like, the rain. So if I get outside, it'll be a fair fight because I'll be able to see him moving in the rain because, like, the water will run off his suit. I was like, yes. Yes, use the weather for your advantage. Yes. Thank you. It was very smart. But they also do it subtly. They just have the weather report in the background. And she, while she's thinking up her plan, you're like, oh, you're like, what yeah. a smart, uh, clever girl. Not clever to quote Jurassic Park too much. But yeah. 
Man, I really want a t-shirt that says that. I actually have a t-shirt that says that. And it's one of my <gasps> I'm yeah. jealous. It's, a, it's like vintage Heather Gray. It looks like it's from the 90s. Um, but, <laughs> but yeah. But, you know, Adrian is a fucking piece of shit. Um, because, of course, like he, she's getting the upper hand on him. And he goes, you know what? I'm not going to hurt you. I'm going to go kill Sydney. Like, I hope you enjoy. Yes. Like, what a you fucking know. dick bag. But also, I wonder if he already had his brother on the way to Sydney's house when he said that. Like, maybe they planned it. Like, you go stake out Sydney's house. There's only one suit. No, there's two. But she hid the second one. Yeah, but she doesn't hide it until afterwards. No, she hid it before. Remember, she goes to the house oh, before. Then how did the brother get the suit? So, that is the one thing that I'm kind of, like, hesitant. No, wait, there are three. Is there three? In the beginning, there's two suits hanging up that you see, but then she looks into that other room where she finds it before she hides it, and you hear a clicking noise. So, there's oh, three. Oh, okay, there's three. Okay. Because I thought there were two as well the first time, and I was writing, I was literally writing my notes, it foreshadows the two suits in the beginning, and then I was like, wait, there's a third one clicking that she's looking at. You don't know as a suit when you first see it because you don't know what the invisibility thing is. Yeah. So, but the second time I watched it, I was like, oh, it's the clicking noise. Also, I had subtitles on, which okay. helped because it said clicking noises. So I was like, oh, it's the third suit. So, yes, okay. there are three suits. There, that makes but, more sense. Yeah. So, I wonder if Tom, right? That's his name. Tom was like stalking mm -hmm. Sydney's house and was waiting for the all clear. Yeah. Um, because she ends up going to Sydney and James's house and fighting off. James, she calls James. They meet at the house. He tries to fight off the Invisible Man and gets fucked over. And I think it's probably James's gun that gets knocked away. And she picks it up, shoots the shit out of the Invisible Man, and takes off the... Because she now she knows because there's bullet holes in it in blood. She can see where the face would be. She takes off the face piece and... It's not Adrian. Yeah. Which was really disappointing. Because I was like, yes! And I was like, oh. Yeah. It's like, uh, it's uh, literally uh, Tom. And so, and then it cuts to a scene of them finding Adrian in the basement of his own house tied up. And yeah. so, of course, they're just like, oh, Cecilia, it was Tom. And she's like, no, it wasn't. Like, this is what he does. Like, he is gaslighting us all. And... It's all, so I think it's so funny, um, hearing people's reactions to this ending as my dogs go apeshit crazy because my husband's probably coming home. You know, I, the ending was really emotional for all of us, and yeah. they're just expressing their emotions. Mabel's just so. like, listen to this shit right here. Like, Mabel's like, I may not speak human language, but I'm really trying to tell you what I'm thinking. Exactly. Um, it's okay, I baby, I understand. Um... So, but, um, it's like, I, oh, and Riley's scared, so Riley's automatic reaction is to try to come to me for protection, even though you're bigger than me. You're bigger than me. Um, but, um, you know, she's like, this is what he does. And I, I think it's so fucking funny when people are like, but was it really Adrian and Tom, or was it really just Tom? And I was like, it was definitely fucking Adrian and Tom. Oh my god, who actually says that? Yeah, like, that is a thing that people debate about, oh. and I'm like, it's all there, because when she gets put in the institution, he goes, surprise. And then when he sees her, he goes, surprise. Like, he's like, yeah, yeah, he has that dinner for her. 
And he uses, like, once again, so, you know, she's really trying to get him to confess. And, of course, um, right. of course, James is in the car listening. She's wired. And I was so scared that he was going to know she was wired. That's, like, where my mind was going. That's what I thought. I was like, oh, yeah. my God, he's going to, like, hug her or something. Yeah. And, um, but no. And he's, I love the actor who plays Adrian because he does such a good job of fake being nice where he's just like yeah. I was just so nervous about seeing you again that I ordered like 8,000 different kinds of food I wasn't sure what you'd be in the mood for and he just like has that like <laughs> like weird laugh like like I'm so nervous god he's you look so beautiful this, he's probably done this a hundred times before to her where he's yep. probably like beat the shit out of her or done something to her and then goes I'm really sorry you know I'm just so stressed with work you know it's like that they do it over and over and over yes. again. And again, she, you need to see Big Little Lies if you haven't, because that's a whole plot line in Big Little Lies, which is interesting. And that's um, what uh, she's just like, she's seeing through this bullshit. And she's like, literally, like, just tell me it was you. And he's just like, but it wasn't, you know, you know how. And it's like, no, just tell me it was you. So, right. which to the The awesome scene where she goes to the bathroom to clean up because she's a little upset and crying and although i do love that she like manipulates him by crying i was like oh she turned on the waterworks oh good job accessing your feelings for your own personal gain haha and so i was like okay this is good okay what's she gonna do what's she gonna do and i don't know i kind of love this but also like it kind like it is justice, but it's also a little bit renegade justice where I judge her a little bit for this. Not a lot, but she is in a situation that she doesn't, she can't get out of. And she goes to the bathroom and all of a sudden you just see him slit his own throat. And he yeah. seems very shocked by that point. And it's very similar to how her sister was murdered and I think she actually tells him, like, you murdered my sister, like, at some point. I, He's like, no, I, that was Tom. I love it. Because she comes back and she gives this, like, stellar fucking performance where she screams like and that. she calls the cops. And she's like, oh, my God, I think he's trying to commit suicide. Oh, my God. And then, and then she, she backs away from the camera because she knows where all the cameras are in the house. Yeah. Because she she found them all when she ran away. Yeah. And, and she literally... She just sits down and it's like, surprise. And, mm -hmm. like, that is the thing he goes out of the world hearing. And it's like, how the mighty have fallen. Like, I honestly think she shouldn't have said anything. Yeah. Because it's incriminating. Well, she, she pro he probably doesn't realize that when he was stalking her in the house that she had hit that suit. So he probably legitimately had, did not see this coming at yeah. all. But I feel like, like a real person by the way, would, probably wouldn't have said anything. Because, again, yeah, you don't think the sound's recording on that camera, but you're not 100% sure. And yeah. also, your cell phone has a microphone, and yeah. you were just calling someone. And some phones record before and after calls, especially yeah. if you'd called 911. Also, you would have never been allowed to get off the phone from 911. They would have called you right back because you're supposed to stay on the phone until they get there. So there's a the ending has some plot holes yeah. to me. I'm like, okay, they would have never let her hang up the phone for one. They would have called her right back because I'm like, ma'am, ma'am, what's going on? Are you starting chest compressions? Like they would have done that. And also I feel like don't say anything because that's incriminating. Yeah. And 
you know, I but I, it was a good movie moment. Yeah. You know? It was a very good movie moment. But yeah, and I liked the callback. But I was like, oh, if she hadn't called the cops and there wasn't a video camera, I wouldn't have cared. I was kind of like, eh, that, that's probably like the the only things I didn't like was does the sister have a life? How is she and James? How are they so close? And like, girl, just be smart. Like she was kind of lazy about cleaning up after herself. And yeah. as someone who does like true crime a lot, I'm like, girl, you're going to get caught and I don't want you to get caught. So please don't like, she also like, I feel bad for James, frankly, because like he did not want to be uh, like accessory to a murder. And she doesn't tell him her plan. She just says, hey, let's catch him confessing. And then he's like, okay. And he's listening. And then he's like completely shocked that she murders him. Yeah. Well, I don't think, and that, I personally, how I took it is that that wasn't the intention um, to murder him. The The real intention was to get that that confession. And when he goes to her and he puts his hands on her and he's like, I know you, blah, 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 blah. She just sees that she's seeing that pattern and she knows there's nothing that's going to break that pattern. He has so much money and so much power. And he's just if she doesn't give into him, then he's probably going to do this shit all over again with her. Um, She knows Sydney's life is at danger. James's life is at danger if he's still in the world. Yeah, and I guess if if she was Sydney's stepmom for a little while, maybe that explains why she's closer. Like like she's more concerned about Sydney. Yeah, if she was, it was like just a friend. friend. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I, again, I didn't get that they were. I didn't either. Like I didn't get that her sister used to be married to James. I have to like now. I'm like, wait, no, wait. Her sister used to be married yeah. to James. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, okay. I was thinking she used to be married to. James. No, it was oh. her sister, and that's where I. But I didn't get that. I don't remember that being said explicitly. Yeah, because she's like, I think even James is scared of you. She acts like Emily isn't as close to James as she is. Yeah, but so yeah, I didn't think but... that Emily was. James's ex-wife. I don't think that's true. Yeah, I would I believe if Elizabeth Moss's that. character. If Cecilia was James's ex-wife, I'd believe that. But it doesn't make any sense if that doesn't make sense. Yeah, exactly. It's weird. But I need to look up the script now to see if it's something I missed. Yeah. I I they did say like the dinners, like the table scene was a lot longer too, and they cut out a lot of dialogue because the actors were so good they didn't really need the extra dialogue. Because yeah. I do feel like there's some missing, like, I wish, like, he doesn't say anything incriminating before he kills himself, Adrian. But also, if the video camera doesn't, okay, here's the thing. So the video camera doesn't have a recording. She hung up her phone, but James is recording. And someone can find those recordings unless yeah. you, like, literally burn them. And we don't know if it's a digital recording. Is he recording it digitally? Because you'll never get rid of that shit. Like, yeah. that's, that's, the like, I was like, honey, shut up, shut up, shut up, oh, don't say things. But at least Sue sleeps with her at the end. At least what? Sue sleeps with her at the end. I'm like, there's Sue, so he's walking with her. Sue's yes, the dog. Yeah. yes. I was like, I thought you said Sue, and I was like, who's Sue? Is it yeah. Sue Storm? The invisible lady? Exactly. Da-da-da-da-da. That's the sequel. Oh! Yeah. Yeah, Zeus walks out of the house with her. And I was like, thank God the dog yeah. survives. Thank you. Um, yeah, I really, I think it's a really good movie. And I it re- I really was on the edge of my seat when I 
watched it the first time. And the second time, I really enjoyed it and saw more stuff. Yeah. Um, and again, I don't think it's overly cerebral. Yeah. So it's not going to, like, bog you down with, like, it's not like Inception where you're going to be like, okay, what was his totem? I don't know. You're not going to have the moment I had earlier tonight. Um, but it also, like, I think it's smart enough that it's not going to hold your hand and you're going to actually be able to think and enjoy the movie which sometimes I don't enjoy movies that don't let me think about them yeah exactly and that's what I liked about this one is that like it was entertaining but it wasn't like you know it 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 wasn't too much you didn't have to think too hard but it wasn't stupid either yeah exactly like it was the right amount of um the right amount of intelligence exactly Definitely better than the Paranormal Activity uh, sequels. Definitely a lot smarter than that. Exactly. Which Lee 1L didn't write, but Blumhouse produced. So I feel like there was another really good movie that Blumhouse produced. Oh, wait. Was it Get Out? Did Blumhouse produce Get Out? Okay, that's what it was. Because I was like, what the fuck? Why is Blumhouse producing a good movie? That was like the first Blumhouse movie where I was like... Because I also like... uh, the is it what is it not the invitation the visit but i thought it was kind of stupid i know no so i was about to say so yeah i think that uh kind of sums up everything um i can't believe i forgot i did not give it my traditional rating but i did i would say for me this is a solid eight out of ten i think it's a very solid solid modern uh science fiction horror thriller film i really enjoyed it yeah we f- I forgot to mention the science fiction element, so I'm glad you know. I didn't really think about it until I watched it the second time and was, like, looking at the camera suit and was like, you know what? This is a really good, like, sci-fi horror. Like, remember, like, Hollow Man came out? Because, like, I forgot how many iterations there have been of this movie. There was even a Chevy Chase spoof on The Invisible Man called Memoirs of an Invisible Man. So, like, I forgot how many remakes there were, and I was like, this has got to be, like, the best remake of The Invisible Man. Like... And he's the villain. Also, by the way, Johnny Depp was supposed to be the original Invisible Man I in the Dark Universe. Yeah. Which, now that we know, he, which he's kind of been the victim of gaslighting. Because we all thought Johnny Depp was an abusive husband. But it turns out his ex-wife is kind of a gaslighter. Yeah. And yes, he does have a, I think he does have a substance abuse problem. But I don't think he was beating her. So, interesting enough, he probably would have been very good for this role. But I like that they picked someone younger for, like, more age-appropriate for Elizabeth Moss. I feel like that made more sense. Like, why she would fall in love with such a handsome person. Yeah. And then let him, because, you know, like, again, um, I definitely would give this a solid, I I think it's an 8 out of 10. There's the only thing wrong that I could think wasn't really anything wrong with it. Like, it was just stuff like, oh, why are Jay? It was just like questions I had. It wasn't like anything. There's no big gaping well, holes. Like minor, minor plot things. Like that is the most heavily guarded mental facility I've ever seen. There's a lot of people with guns at that mental facility. Yeah, I, I feel like, and I've never worked at a mental health facility, but like my mom's worked at places before. Because when you become a nurse, you have to go work in different departments. And she was like, they do lock you in, but it's not that scary. Um, but yeah, there were a lot of people, but it also was, I think it was a mental health jail. Yeah. Like, I think it was a jail for probably, I don't think they call people criminally insane, but I'm sure it was like for people who have c- 
committed violent crimes more of that than it was just like a regular mental hospital yeah Um, because a mental hospital would be more like like I would it'd be more like a rehab center or like a nursing home kind of situation it would be more homey this was like very much a cell just with padded walls so you don't hurt yourself um so I think that's probably why it was more like that it was more of like part is maybe it might have even been a wing of the jail honestly yeah I'm because the way it was set up, the building looked a lot bigger than it looked inside. So I wonder if it was just the mental facility part of the of the jail, like the big jail in the town. Because I think it's supposed to take place in San Francisco. I feel like that's right because you see the Golden Gate Bridge. Yeah, just, it, which is good because like they're like, oh, it's cold at the beach, which I was like, why would it be cold at your beach house? But again, we're used to the South. Yeah, it's never cold at the beach. But yeah. I was like, oh, San Francisco gets really cold. In fact, my cousin Mike, uh, he actually dove in Antarctica for vacation because he does stuff like that. And he lives in San Francisco and he used to train in the San Francisco Bay because it's freezing cold in the winter. Like, it's not a fun beach to go to. Like, it's not a swimming beach. Yeah. It's a you have to wear a wetsuit or you'll freeze to death kind of beach. Um, yeah, I did, have a ra- I did have a couple ratings for it. Yeah. Um, you said you didn't get... One, okay. I only have two, and I don't know if they're that good. One silly. It's, uh, <laughs> it is. <laughs> it's a little silly, okay? But it is rated I for I'm an independent woman or an independent invisible woman, you know. But I, I thought that would give away too much. Um, but the other one, I think this is a better one. Rated G for getting revenge on gaslighting exes. Yep, I like that one. Yeah. I like that one, too. Um, it's definitely not rated G. Um, yeah. yeah, but yeah. Flamer, I definitely yes. <laughs> like that one better. Um, yeah, so that's what it is. Because the gaslighting the gaslighting was so real, it was like making me very uncomfortable. Yeah, me too. Um, it's Britt's turn to pick a movie, so I'll let I'll let Brittany. Brittany has chosen a movie that is our second choice because we were gonna do your next, but uh, there's a movie on our list that was written by the same person, Adam Wingard, and it is. I'm gonna let you say it though, Brittany, because it's your choice. It is called The Guest, and I think it's a 2014 movie. Maybe and we hardly know anything about the movie. So uh, anything yeah. that we come back with next week will be, uh, okay, guys, we didn't know what the hell we were getting into, and <laughs> here we go. Um, but, <laughs> yes, it stars Dan Stevens, who was the voice of that ter- of the Beast in the Terrible Beauty and the Beast live-action remake. Uh, judge me if you dare. We both hate it. Yeah, um, I'm not a fan. It's terrible. It's terrible. I'm sorry. And Get I love finger. the original Beauty and the Beast. It's like my favorite yes. the animated movie. So I cry every time the Beast dies. And she says, I was too late. I tear up every time. Like, and I know he's going to be okay. Yeah. I She's so convincing. She's so good. Paige yeah. O'Hara, you were so it's good. amazing. Yes. Um, she's such a good Belle. Um, sorry. I, I don't even like hate. Emma, what's her face? But I just think she's not a good singer, and she's not she's not a good Belle. I'm sorry. She may be in real life like Belle, like she's independent, but she doesn't personify that character to me. I do think Jane Stevens was a good choice for the Beast, though. Um, but the the um, green screen 
anim- CGI really ruined it. He just looks yeah. kind of. He also doesn't look very scary. He looks like a like a teddy bear, and I'm like, I don't know. Like I I don't like he's not a beast then. Like I don't get it. I don't, yeah. I don't understand. Anyways, um, but he's also uh I can't remember the character's name, but he was in the first few seasons of Downton Abbey as like the the heir that comes to take over Downton Abbey who falls in love with the oldest daughter and he did a really good job in Downton Abbey that's where I first saw him I was like man that guy's attractive and he is British Mm. but I don't think he's British in this movie because he I think plays an American but basically the thing on the internet says it's about a man or a teenager uh, begins to suspect a soldier who showed showed up out of nowhere to stay with her family or his family, it didn't specify, um, who claims to be a friend of their deceased brother. So, uh, there's murder and mayhem and patriotism. Was it streaming on? It's streaming on Netflix, I do believe. Ooh, Netflix. Uh, let me double check, but I'm pretty sure it's Netflix. And if my Netflix would be quick... Yes, um, it is streaming on American Netflix. Woohoo, American Netflix. So, um, I don't know if it's streaming on any other Netflixes, but, you know. Oh, God, Brittany's wearing pajama shorts, but they blended into your top. And I was like, have you been pantsless this whole time? Yeah, no. Uh, I like to be comfortable, because I know we, we usually sit and chat for three or four hours. I'm like, yeah. let me be comfy. I also, like, wore yoga pants but the air conditioning does not work as well in my recording room and i'm always sweating by the end of this even if i wear shorts like i'm like what i think it's the leather chair that i have yeah i think it conducts heat but it's really comfy um but yeah so we're gonna watch the guest next week it's yes. pick of the week i'm so excited because actually like i've been wanting to see this movie and i think it got taken off netflix for a while so that's why i haven't watched it because i went to go try to watch it and when we were looking for your next it popped up um, so yeah, so we're not, I just wrote your next, no, The Guest. The Guest. The Guest. So we're going to watch The Guest starring Dan Stevens by Adam Wingard. And we're going to go to bed because it's like almost midnight our time because yes. we, we took a little longer than normal to get started yes. this um, evening. Um, so wish us luck at our day jobs tomorrow. Yes, definitely. Be thinking about it. <laughs> Uh, okay but we love you guys and thanks for listening and follow us on instagram and facebook and wherever pogo says good night good night good night he's a sleepy kitty he is say good night bye everyone we love you stay spoopy y'all stay spoopy y'all good night Brittany. Bye, katie be safe be safe bye the grindhouse girls podcast All music used is royalty-free and will be in our annotations. If you have any questions, comments, suggestions, please contact us at contact us at grindhousegirlspod.com or visit our website at grindhousegirlspod.com. Thanks for listening. 